me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? A little frustrated, but no, I'm good. A <laughs> little, little bit uh, uh, tweaked, but mostly very happy. Mm-hmm, very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we are through, in many cases, four games. In one case, the series is already over. The Philadelphia 76ers have moved on to the second round. Um, David, you know, you have a couple of things that like drive you nuts. And we had our call this morning, our true content meeting. And something that we talked about there that I wanted to bring up here that also drives me nuts. And it's something you've talked about all season long. We have had a number of uh, guys hitting other players, opponents in the nether regions of their bodies, right? <laughs> and sometimes they get thrown out. Sometimes they don't. And to me, it's just the inconsistency with that has been just so frustrating. Like if a nut punch is a flagrant two, an automatic ejection, then it is that across the board, no matter who does it, in what context, where, if he missed, but only whatever. Like if that is determined, that's where they wanted to go. That's what the person was doing. And it was an act that was unnecessary and unnecessary basketball move, which is what flagrant fouls are. And it warranted for a penalty too. I don't care. Eject. Joel Embiid should have been thrown out of that game. He was not. Okay, now we joked this morning, well, Claxton, you got to sell that better, my guy. Roll around on the ground and act like you you almost died. Like, do how LeBron did when Dylan Brooks hit him. You got to sell these things. But point being, officials, if this is what the deal is, and I know after that Thursday game with, with Embiid, I know the referees were on the phone with the Embiid. It was all weekend with videos and all day. Just be a little bit better and be a little more consistent because, you know, the games now – you lose a player, it gets kicked out for a game, and it gets suspended. That has series-altering effects. So I would just like to see consistency on, on that regard. Now, I know you have some pet peeves you want to discuss. Yeah, for no particular reason. It's just when I'm watching these games, there's a few things that bother me. What bothers me the most, and it's not just the postseason, is um, television directors who constantly show us close-ups of somebody. I know that bothers you. I, I just I want to see the court. Because things are happening. And I mean, even at the end of the game or a dead ball timeout, like you'll see a player about to yell at a teammate or maybe maybe high five. A certain, and then we do a close of some dude just walking off the court. Like, I understand that you're trying to tell a story, but they're telling us the story. So just you don't have to do the wide angle from the very top, but let us see as much as possible and get and soak it all in. After games, I like to see players that played in the same college even 10 years apart, connect. Uh, but I, I don't see that. I'll see close-ups of two dudes hiding their mouth when they're talking. You don't even know what's going on. Like, <laughs> other things are happening. It's just directors doing their job to the extreme. Well, I wonder, David, on that point, how much of it is, because we know this, the league is sensitive about what fans see their players do. And if it's something that may be an argument or whatever, nah, we don't want that. Let's just show, like, you know, two stars talking under their jerseys. Well, I'm not arguing with you at all. I think in this case, someone like me is going to catch that first millisecond of, oh, something's about to go down here. Not going to punch each other, typically, but you're going to see... That might explain, well, that's what happened on that play where they gave up the layup. So one of those two guys messed up. And the one that's really demonstrative is the one that normally is not the one who messed up. He's not the other guy who did. Mm-hmm. And I just, we don't see it because we keep going to the guy that made the shot that we all just saw him make. <laughs> that part wasn't hard to discern who made the shot. So that's one of my pet peeves. It's, it's been going on forever. The other one is studio hosts. 
who act as if they have a real gift of predicting the future. <laughs> uh, I, I think you would say that I'm not stupid when it comes to basketball. Nope, I'm not claiming I'm the world's smartest guy. It's a hard sport to, to project. But I'm pretty good at projecting what's going to happen. Not amazing, I wouldn't say. No one is. But, I mean, I'm never confident of anything. Very seldomly, anyway, when it comes to projecting who's going to win a series and so forth in the middle of the series. Jalen Rose, who I like very much. I'm, I'm a fan. have been a fan for a long time since his freshman year in college. Uh, announced at halftime of the Knicks-Cavs game. It's over. Knicks won. Now, the Knicks were up big. I don't think he was saying that when the Cavs came back and took a lead. <laughs> I think the Knicks have a really good chance to win the series. They're up 3-1. But do I think it's over? No. He does. He thought that would have still 2-1. I don't love that. I, I think these games are more fluid. And we have. Yeah. To, I think it's demeaning to the, to the randomness and the variabilities of, the, of not just the teams, but the individual players. Mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett wasn't worth a nickel after two games. Now, mm-hmm. he's worth every penny they're paying him. I, I don't know what's going to happen going forward. Donovan Mitchell was absolutely terrible was. game four. If he wins game five, which he's capable of doing at home, mm-hmm. are you saying the Cavs can't win game six? I'm not saying that. And if they win game six on the road, now they're back in Cleveland. It's not possible. So right, I don't like, right. I don't like the, the black and white aspect of these predictions. It doesn't ring true to me. I understand fans may like it, but right. doesn't present, it doesn't represent reality to me. Yeah, it's something Henry and I talked about when we were doing our um, our analytics conversation a few episodes ago. You know, our brains like rankings, and we want to know definitively what is one, what is two, and it's like this doesn't exactly work like that, right? Like, just because you're up two zero in a series, it doesn't necessarily mean that like you're two games better than the other team, right? Like, it's just things can shift. Like, now you're going home, somebody tweaks an ankle, somebody gets hot from three, whatever, like. Things changed that rapidly in the playoffs series. A week, a week ago, everybody just knew Milwaukee was going to win this series in four or five. Mm-hmm. And today, we have no idea. Right. One, one injury to Giannis, one bad fall. Mm-hmm. We see this every year. This isn't yep. surprising. Yep. So I, I just, it sounds great to be so confident. I know we're at an age now in the Stephen A. Smith world, and everyone's so <laughs> bold and yelling and screaming and so confident. Well, I'm freaking smart when it comes to knowing basketball. I don't know a damn thing. I, I have some <laughs> ideas as to what I think is probably going to happen, but <laughs> things flip and change all yeah. the time. Absolutely. Well, speaking of that, it's a great segue into, uh, gosh, probably the most exciting series we have going on and what an exciting game last uh, yesterday afternoon. Warriors and Kings now tied two apiece, heading back to Sacramento. Um, David, you know, <laughs> it was my top line takeaway from that game. Potentially fatal errors down the stretch by everyone, not just Kings and young guys, Warriors making mistakes up and down the floor too. And my God, like it it was, it was incredible. Uh, I say it, you say it, physically tired players make mental errors. That's just, that's what happens when you are physically beat. You're going to forget, oh shit, was I supposed to, do we have a timeout there? Whatever it is, you're going to, for that brief second, you're not going to all be there because of the physical fatigue you're feeling. And that could be the difference between a game. The other thing I'm going to take away from that game was there were at least four opportunities, David, where the Kings could have just folded, right? Because, oh, shit, it's the Warriors. They're doing their thing. Regardless of what happens in this series, I, like, and I'm not a Kings fan, so I don't care, but the fight they show, like, when they go down 10, they don't just duck their heads and go, all right, fuck, we're done. They fight, and they come back. 
and the Warriors keep punching back at them. I mean, this was this was an impressive uh, uh, series and an impressive game for from the Kings on the road in that building. Now, we'll see what happens in Sacramento on Tuesday. Uh, 3-2, pressure's on them. We know the winner of game five in a 2-2 tied series tends to go on to win 95% of the time or whatever that number is. So this is a pivotal must-win game for both sides. But I'm impressed with what I saw from the Kings, and we can dive into some of the Warriors' late-game struggles. Yeah, uh, to me, it's not. I'm not so impressed with the when a team continues to fight when they've been winning. That's why they keep winning. I think it's uh, that we talk. We'll talk with the Nets. That team knew they were done, and so what? What's there to fight for? The Kings had everything to fight for. Um, and I, you're not wrong. And the young guys, King and Murray, especially as a shooter. Fox. Well, I think that's what it was. It's the it's the, the youth and yeah. not crumbling under yeah. the right. the Warriors. Right? Man. Yes, they just they were they were, they were up to the challenge. Keegan Murray played great. Darren Fox is unbelievable. Um, you know, we were texting during the game about uh, fatigue. As you as you know, I say this all the time. There's no such thing as rookie mistakes. They're just mistakes. And if you aren't sure that I was right, when well, I check out Hall of Famer Steph Curry's inexcusable timeout that he called late in the game. But there's more to that play than just Steph's uh, yep. uh, uh, loss of focus. And again, he was exhausted. Uh, I caught Draymond Green's show, which I've never done before because I'm <laughs> stupid and I'm busy. It's terrific. It was terrific. Oh, Draymond's, yeah. Yeah, just he just he could not have blamed himself for more. Like if someone had complained about the popcorn too salty, Draymond would have said, <laughs> "My fault." I love that. Yeah, I love. Uh, I as as a dad, I would tell you that. If anything was going wrong with our family trips, let's look at me first. It's just easy to do. It's a way to it's a way to promote leadership and, and a connectivity. He absolutely had steps back and said, number one, that's my job to let him know we're out of timeouts, which I don't agree with Traymond on this. Uh, Steph also admitted he screwed up. Steph actually was funny during the press conference. He said he thought he was a genius for calling timeout when the trap was coming. And then he had no outlet passes and had to call a timeout until he realized, okay, we have no timeouts. Draymond said, I normally have to trail that play. That is a rule in basketball. When you expect traps to come, you have a backwards pass. Trail. Yeah, yeah, someone's got to trail. Draymond said, it's always me. It was my job to tell him in the huddle when I had timeouts after the challenge that we made on the, uh, on the loony illegal screen, which I thought was a dumb challenge. Um, I, I should have I been more vocal about it. He said, because I knew we had a timeouts. And I was supposed to trail the play. But instead, after Loon got the rebound, gave it the outlet pass to Curry, Draymond said, I just kind of went down the court, do, 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 which is what I say about Jokic. <laughs> totally forgetting that there's game on the line right. here. So right. I love that he took responsibility for that. Uh, on the fatigue thing, I, I did a little math here. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. So from, from the 849 point of uh, the fourth quarter to the 410 mark, Steph Curry scored in both of those timestamps. So in that period of time, um, Actually, the whole fourth quarter to that 410 point, uh, Steph took a two and missed, took a two and made, took another two and made, got a steal, made a 30-foot three, got a rebound, missed a three, got a rebound, missed a two, got blocked at the rim by Sabonis, and then nailed like a 28-foot three. So 10 points, a couple rebounds, a steal uh, in, in that time frame. In the final four minutes, he got a foul, he missed a three, he missed a two, and he called an extra timeout and almost... Almost cost him the game, right? Mm-hmm. That's exhaustion. Mm-hmm. That's exhaustion. We've seen it so many times before. And uh, I think Steve Kerr made a mistake. I think he should have taken him out 
I don't think you should have felt like I always have to have him in the game, but they do this all the time. And I think it's a mistake. You know, um, the broadcast does it. Obviously, I'm sure Kerr's aware of it. The it's what the, it's what it's what you do on every team, basically, right? What do they do when the non-star minutes? And yes, when Curry's on the floor, they're plus whatever they are, right? And then when he's off, they're a minus whatever they are. So, right? If you don't know anything about anything, your thought process will then keep that guy on the floor all the time. So you're never minus. You're always plus. Well, problem is. At some point, there's going to be a tax to pay for being on the floor for all those minutes, right? Like, sure. you're going to be fatigued down the stretch. You know, the, the Kings outscored the Warriors by, like, 11 or 12 in that in that fourth quarter. Like, I mean, they had Monk not made – well, there were a couple – let's go to the Kings side. A couple errors. Again, De'Aaron Fox, probably pretty tired. For a brief second, forgot Steph Curry was the person he was guarding, right? And instead of staying attached to him, as you know, going over the top of the screen – he took the long run around, and you knew he's like, oh, shit. Like, he just knew. Like, my bad. Like, and what's the point of running out there? That guy's got a wide open shot. He's going to make it. Like, it's just these little errors, but this is the time of year where this thing happens. And, guys, playoffs begin at the end of an 82-game grueling It isn't like, all right, we had three months off to rest. No, no, no. A week, and now we're playing the most intense basketball of the year. And I think teams that are better prepared in terms of star players being off the court and playing with those other guys and understanding how to manage in situations are better off prepared than teams that what do we do when our guys out on the floor, right? Like we're, we're in trouble. And I think, you know, that's what you always talk about. That's coaching. That's roster construction, right? The, you and I talk about how we don't love a lot of the Grizzlies role players. But the one thing that we agree on, and oh, we said on text messages, but they're used to playing, right? We, like, we'd love them less if we never saw them until now. Right, correct. <laughs> but they they play all the time, so we know they know what to do in those situations because we do it all the time. When you play a guy because you're afraid of your bench, that's what Kurt, that's what Kurt is doing. He doesn't trust Kaminga, Moody, or any of those guys to play any important minutes down the stretch. And if you got to tax your best guys who are older this early in round one, how are you going to make it through four rounds to get to the NBA Finals? So anyway, th- this series is exciting. I'm. Again, I'm impressed with the Kings. Um, you know, Game 5 will be interesting. Who do you think the pressure's on more? You think it's on Sacramento more in Game 5? Or equal pressure? Yeah. I mean, I'm not great at that kind of stuff. I think that uh, Golden State does not want to be down 3-2. They sure do not. <laughs> so, And we obviously, Sacramento, would be really upset about it. Um, I think they're, they're very even teams, which is a credit to Golden State, uh, because Sacramento is very good. Golden State has been very good. Um, again, if you, if I told you ahead of the game, you know, one of these teams is going to, going to call an extra timeout and kind of melts <laughs> on the vine, you would be sure it'd be the Kings. Without doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. It was Steph Curry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the big thing with the Warriors is their defense has been terrible on the road all season. Um, and it's been good at home. Their defense outside of the third quarter yesterday was not good at home. Like they gave up a hundred and whatever it was, 20 points like a the Kings can score on these guys. And De'Aaron Fox, David, you know. Yeah, he's moving into another. He's Donovan it, Mitchell level. It's always tough when guys come into league and this is what you do for a living. And you mm-hmm. always say, <laughs> we, we joked about this. You got to give the cake time to bake. Yeah. Right? I was like, and you're like, and you need a hot oven. Right? A hot oven will help the cake bake. We don't know what these guys are going to be. He has a level of, and I didn't know we had it in his game. And I mean this in a good way. And you know what I mean? He has a fuck you level to his game that like I didn't. I never saw before. Well, 
but I see it now. I want to pick up on that. So I talked to a teammate of his when he was younger who said he, he incredibly talented, doesn't want to listen to anybody, but he believed he would figure it out. And it turned out Mike Brown, at least we know Mike Brown's the head coach. I don't know if there's someone else involved, but that he always said, how the fuck you want to tell you without knowing how to use it. And mm. now he kind of knows how to use it. He's a killer. Mm. He's really super special like, player. In the fourth quarter where they know he's coming and they can't stop him anyway. No, like, in fact, was... the last play of the game, uh, they did put two. Steph and Drake. They, they knew. They like, we got to let somebody else beat Draymond him. Draymond said it after the game, too, and someone yep. else has to beat us. And Harrison Barnes was open. I don't know if he'd make the shot or not. I, I don't think it was a bad play. Um, and smart play by De'Aaron Fox. He could have just shot it anyway like with yeah, two guys take on him. the so, open nope. shot. Open guy. Yeah. I will also say this. We talk about this, and you know, it's always better to run your actions and, and start your stuff earlier in the shot clock, right? Later in the clock you have, it's just, it, it, the percentages go right. down. When Fox got his dribble poked away and had to re- that was critical, right? That was three seconds off the clock. It's like, all right, man, like these little, and those are the little things that I think people don't realize that matter so much. I don't know what the number is, but I know for a fact your shooting percentage of the team goes down the later in the clock you have to go and get a, and get a shot off. It also throws off your rhythm. If you remember, yes. it was um, April of '83. Were you? What year were you born? '78. So you're five <laughs> years old. You don't remember then the famous NC State play versus Houston. But you've seen it on film. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So Benny Andrews from Houston almost got a steal way out near half court, and um, not Benny Andrews. He was the offensive player. NC State, one of the guys, Sidney Lowe or Derek Wittenberg. I think it was Wittenberg almost got the steal. And Andrews got it really late. They ended up taking a three. Uh, no, it was Benny Anderson. He was on defense. He almost got the steal. He was a freshman. NC State, Wittenberg airballed the shot. And then the Leonard Charles got the dunk. But that, they got the airball. They forced the airball by going for that steal. It discombobulates you. That's just a famous play in my mind. That's why we chart deflections, right? We, that stuff's important. Uh, it's not, of course you're right. Every second, as we get closer, the percentage go down because at zero that, that defender is undefeated. Correct. <laughs> right? you, you, whether it's the shot clock or the game clock. So you want to get them more uptight about it. And, um, and I, Draymond said something interesting too. I thought, uh, that he talked about how I, I remember in the game, they put Draymond on Fox late in the game. Mm-hmm. They just want to give him different looks. He said, Mm-hmm. The great ones always kind of figure you out if you keep giving the same looks. And he was giving Fox a lot of credit, which I agree with. That he should have done that. He's getting to that point now where he's in a, he, unless you put two on him, he's going to kill whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. That, that should make Kings fans very excited. Oh, Very yeah. excited. R- look, Kings, I, I want to be clear about what I'm saying here. The series isn't over. But regardless no, of what happens not here, over, no. Regardless of what happens here, the Kings' outlook looks very bright going forward. Like you got guys. Well, and Malik Fox Buck's not an old dude. guy. No, not, not at no. all. I mean, the old guy is Harrison Barnes, right? Yeah. I mean, that's your old guy. Uh, I really think the Kings can really have something going here. You need to get some more defensive talent uh, in in the building. I think Fox can be a better defender, right? He's For got sure, tools. he can. Like, if you're that good offensively, you can be a better defender. I mean, with that kind of athleticism. Without question. Yeah, I don't need you to be all defense. You don't got to be that. Just, uh, you know. uh, but speaking of defense, uh, Davion Mitchell has Four. found a place. So I've been texting true. people who are six feet tall and yes. want to play in the NBA. Like, I like, love yeah. that you did that. Yeah. So much so, Steph knows shit. Davion's on me. Pick and roll. Get him off. I, I want to go at Barnes. Davion has a way, and maybe it's because. 
he's closer to the ground because he's only six feet tall. He can just hug Steph and be in his short. Quick, the whole powerful, time. too. And very strong. Disposition yes. to defend. Well, you have to want it. Right? Yeah. He wants to guard. I spoke to an NBA player uh, and said, who, who in your career has given you the most trouble? And he said it was Mitchell. He was talking about college, mm-hmm. but it was Mitchell just getting under you. Um, I, sent, I sent this message to some six-footers saying, like, do you see what he's doing? You you think about offense all the time. He he needs Wrong. to get better in offense. Yes, but um, although he, he had some shots he last did. night, he he's, shots last night. he's coming along. Uh, you you there's a place in this league for six footers that can defend like this. If you can shoot, manage the game, whatever. Obviously, had a great college career, but yeah, it's great to see. He, I, I was very very impressed with him, and it's like what you said. He knows Steph Curry. Okay, he had a 28 foot shot. Whatever. Next play. Yeah, like you can't get caught up in like if this is one of the greatest players of all time. I understand that. Here is my job and what I have to do. And I thought, I think his, his numbers when Ste- when he's guarding Steph, Steph's not shooting well against him. Like Davion's really, really they get done a, a they job. get they get under you where you start questioning your moves. This is why you have to guard Durant this way. Yes, it's, get it's not not to say that it's easy to do it, but that's what you have to do is make him question everything because of your ability as a, in terms of quickness to disrupt his rhythm and timing, right? Yeah. These guys yep. shoot much better when they're in the flow. Much, much, much better. And so you try to break that flow up. No, it, it was it, it was excellent. Um, you know, Mike Brown, uh, after the game, you know, he, he he just talked about, you know, this team is is young and they don't, this is all new experiences for them, right? We always talk about this. You say reference points. The Kings, what, what reference points do they have? They're learning them now. <laughs> these, are, these are their reference points. It will make them better going forward. But I, I just love... Their willingness to compete and not because we've seen it, David. Even veteran teams, when the Warriors do their thing and they just, all right, we don't got it tonight. It's not going to happen. But these guys, maybe there's because they're young and they're too dumb and they don't know any better. There's that that line between being young, you're full of hubris. Like, oh, okay, they scored ten straight. So what? We can score ten straight too. And they just keep coming back with that next play mentality. So I'm, I'm impressed with what I'm seeing. Game five is going to be electric. Looking forward to that uh, on Tuesday night. Moving on in the playoffs, the Knicks. We talked about them at the top. A commanding 3-1 lead. You know, we were texting about this game too. Sometimes it's about scheme and, you know, getting guys in better positions. And we we, we talk about that. But, I mean, you said it on our text messages. I said it. One team looks like they are racing, to quote David Thorpe, with their hair on fire. And the other team is like, eh, regular season. You know, we're, we're going like, and... It's really disappointing to see that from the Cavs, to see that they're not collectively realizing, yo, we don't have four games next week to worry about. Like, we're done if we lose game five, right? So I am disappointed with the Cavs' requisite effort to match the Knicks' effort level. It's just not there, in my opinion. Yeah, there's um, there's really, a, uh, it's surprising almost to see a lack of uh, alarm in how they're defending and rebounding, especially rebounding. Especially rebounding. Um, they got killed on the glass, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I watched I mean, the Josh game. Hart seemingly got like eight yeah, offensive rebounds by himself. Late in the game, too. Um, the rule is, as I've told you guys on the phone earlier, if you can't, if I can't get it, I can't let you get it. Put your body on I, somebody. I got it. Well, I got to get rid of it. I got to, yeah, he mm-hmm. definitely hit someone. I got to move my hands fast. I got to knock the ball loose. I can't just give it to you. And there's, a, there's an urgency that's part of that uh, equation. That Cleveland just is lacking. I yeah. felt, I felt too. There's a number of uh, contests that, like, I if if I tur- if I learned that Jared Allen was hurt, I wouldn't be surprised. He's not contesting the way he did during the year. He, there just there's something missing with that. 
and uh, and then Donovan was just terrible. It was a great game, competitive wise, mm-hmm. without Donovan playing at all. He was really bad, yeah. frustrated. I could see it. Yeah, I would not be surprised if he has forty plus in the next game. Well, because a lot of, look, first I want to give credit to Nick some of his Nick's defense. Sure. But a lot of it were shots that Donovan gets and looks that he likes and he just missed. And that's just the nature of the game, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. you're gonna miss. But as you always say, and everybody knows who watches basketball, the misses cannot affect you with everything else in the game, right? You have to put a body if you're not gonna get the ball, box put a body on somebody. And that's just not what they do. And we've talked about it. Rebounding is not their strength despite starting two Our seven. Our concern to start the the, the playoff was that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got, they got to get better there. We know they got to upgrade at the wing position, which they'll likely address this offseason. They have to get better there. I think, too, there are the, – they can hunt the Knicks can, Donovan and Darius, right? There's a two guys they can clearly go after in situations. I think it's a little bit harder for the Cavs to isolate on who in the Knicks do they want to target, really, right? You're not targeting RJ. You can try to target Brunson, but he's short, but he's super strong and physical, right? Um, I feel like, you know, th- that's part, part of the issue. The other thing is, um, you know, the Knicks, they're role guys. I know you love Hartenstein, man, like big fan rebound, big fan of him. rim protection. You got skill too. It's just, again, there seems to be a level of fervor, a verve <laughs> that I said this morning, Cavs negative verb, right? Just, I don't know. Is that a. I don't want to get on JB, but it, what is it? Is JB not getting a message through to them? What do you think is happening there? You know, my first suspicion would be that there's some kind of Jared's hurt. Somebody's hurt. Yeah, or bad juju going on. Like there's some kind of mm, internal team thing. Yeah, but I, I'm not at all saying there is. I just right. don't understand why. As I said on the phone call today, um, there's a five alarm fire going on, and you're <laughs> yes. still folding clothes, putting the suitcase. <laughs> like get the fuck out of the house. <laughs> there's yeah. there's got to be that kind of fight yeah. and uh and i think jb will probably address that with him i think he did i think he did in one of the timeouts i saw mm-hmm. like there's just there's something missing with that yeah. and uh mobley has got his hands full with julius sure randall does. He sure does. jared allen needs to be better donovan needs to shoot better darius had a terrible first half and then yeah, it was great mm-hmm. and we knew going in the okoro levert Mm-hmm. At the what at the five spot, the fifth spot was going to be a challenge. Yep, and and it, it's proven to be that they don't. You know, Coral missing those corner threes, they weren't even close. Right, and Levert doesn't defend as he should for his size. Right, yeah, it's yep. um the Knicks are good. Yeah, I still have a sneaking suspicion we're going to be late in Game Six in like a tie game. Oh, and it could go seven. Like I really, the Knicks think are not Im- the Knicks are not immune from having a crap game. Right? right, they're not immune from that. They were a five seed for a reason. Right, right. Like they're they not feel pretty good with themselves right now, for sure. Right? <laughs> they, they sure do. Um, I will say this. Um, you know, Tibbs Tibbs gets from from us especially gets a lot of gruff, right? For oh, come on, bro, you're playing these guys too many minutes. Yeah. He did not go back to Julius Randle in that game. Josh Hart was doing his thing, and he was like, you know what? I'm sticking with this. Now, Julius did get upset about that. Uh, did he? he? Did not talk, yeah, he didn't talk to media after the game. Oh, I knew that. I didn't know that yeah. was why. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. He, that's he, some bullshit right there. Wow. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like, come on, buddy. Come on, like, Julius. We're trying to win a series here. Right. You got to wow. put your feelings aside. Like, we, we're up 3-1. And it isn't like you're not going to play the next game. Like, you're still Julius. We got you. Like, you're going to be an integral part of this. You're going to think I'm stupid for saying this, probably. But I'm telling you, I'll, I'll never – I shouldn't say never – but I'm almost never to choose to be uh, uh, an executive in the NBA. I, I don't want mm. that life. 
my wife deserves a, more time with me at our age now. However, if I was, mm-hmm. if that really, I, I would bring Julius Randall in. Have a little talk. And if he said, well, I'm just pissed. I didn't go back in. I would tell him, enjoy your last moments as a New York Knick. You're gone. Wow. Yeah. You're not ever going to be playing for us. Like, and, I, and I'm not going to say anything publicly so I can get good value for you. But I can't wait for our team to play in the playoffs every year because you don't care. If that really is true, I'd be unbelievably disappointed. He could have left for a lot of reasons. But if that's the reason, no, shame on you, Julius. I'm a huge fan. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't make that connection. because yeah. It shouldn't even dawn on me that that might be why he left without talking to the press. I knew that he That's did what that. I think. I mean, he, was, he, seemed, he seemed like he was up on the bench and cheering in okay. So I'm like, what? I mean, you won the game. Why would you yeah, not talk? Let's hope it was uh, something else. Because unless something like, you know, I leave, like whatever. I got some family thing going yeah, on or whatever. Right, okay, fine. Right. Yeah. If, if, other than that, I, there's no excuse for that. This is, I mean, he's a key player on that team. If of he's course. feeling slighted, then go, you know, go talk to someone. Or maybe he was like, I don't want to answer questions. They're going to ask me, how'd you feel about not right. going to be? If he, right. If he knows in his heart of hearts, no problem here, fine. Right. I don't care. Right. I don't care to talk to the press. Right. Uh, but if he's upset about it, it's, that's, that's a flaw in that team that's going to yes. uh, be, be chipped at going forward. That'd be a mistake. Mm-hmm. Without question. But, you know, shout out to Knicks fans, man. They're, they're, they're feeling happy right now. David, so obviously everyone knows I live here in the city. 7th Avenue was shut down. Knicks fans were spilling. It was really It was crazy. Crazy. It was just crazy. I was like, this is, you know, New York is a interesting city um, in so many ways. Home for me, of course, all that birthplace, yada, yada, yada. It is when the Knicks are good. It's a Knicks town. As much as Yankees, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they are good, it is a Knicks town. And I'm telling you, up 3-1, let's say they win this series whenever they win it. And then... Who knows what's going on with this Milwaukee Miami situation? Oh, God if the, help if us. the Knicks made the final. God help! God help us all. God against Boston. Against all. Boston. Oh probably. my God! Wow! It will be just insane in this city. Just you know, putting that out there as a as a as a prep. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, we will be back after a short commercial break. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey guys, Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day. What would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run, take a nap, read a book, maybe show up for a friend? Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapists for my partner and I, and both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. All right, David, uh, moving on, talking about the rest of these playoffs here. Celtics, which we just discussed, they are up 3-1 on the Hawks. We said, first of all, uh, kudos to, to Atlanta for, for, getting, for getting a game at home. Yeah. We both were like, this is, we don't see this being very competitive. 
They were very competitive in that game. They, they won it, obviously. And even though they lost last night, they Played were competitive well. good game. In, in, in that game yeah, as well. Yeah, good game. Um, Celtics just, you know, they're a better team. Some vulnerabilities, I feel like, with the Boston Celtics, right? Like, we're not – look, we, something they're, they're among the class of the league, but Atlanta's maybe showing us some things that's making us not all in on the Celtics. Like, okay, there's some things that can get exploited here going forward. Well, I've not really done a deep dive into it because uh, I just – I don't think this series – I thought it would go five games. Okay. I think it's going to go five games. Um, and I think Boston knows they're just so much better. So uh, – uh, but Philly's got – you know, Philly's not going to be easy. No. That's, no, that's no, going to no. be a six or seven game series. I don't know who I'd favor yet. Let's get Boston get through Atlanta first. But I think Boston's better off having played Atlanta, being pushed a little bit a little than bit. Philly, who, who really didn't have much of a challenge. Coasted. Well, you know what? Let's, let's go there. Let's bring it up. I'll move that up in the document. Let's talk about Philly because that's likely the next round matchup. Oh, first, before we move on, in that game, we're talking about ref consistency. You brought up something on our phone call this morning. DeJounte Murray, after the game, uh, apparently bumped an official inside the tunnel heading back to the locker room. Already talk about the plays under review oh, for oh, the NBA. Oh, wait, I didn't know that. I know he bumped him on the court. Oh, I thought I so it was on the court. I thought it was heading. I, I saw it on the, the court. Okay. Okay. So DeJounte bumped an official. Right. NBA studying it. Are they going to suspend him? Da, 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 whatever. Okay. Jason Tatum, same game. Also bumped an official, but we're not hearing any conversations about Tatum possibly being reviewed. And this is what we talked about, the consistency, right? Like, yes, I understand in the grand scheme of things, Jason Tatum is a superstar and Jante Murray is not. But if it's the same for one, it's got to be the same for both, right? And you said, well, they might have a really easy way out of this, which is Tatum looks like he was just walking and didn't know where the official was and bumped into him. I did not see it. It's, so I, I yeah, can't Well, say. Tatum wasn't mad at the ref. The ref right, called the foul. Right. And so, but I mean, he still, he bumped him. For sure, there was a bump there. The ref seemed like, me? <laughs> Why are you mad at me? I called the foul. But yeah, I I mean we're supposed to not touch referees. Yeah. 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 It, it's I I I hope that I hope that Dejounte is going to be suspended. Don't you think? Probably, I mean, you can't yeah. be bumping you, referees, you can't, especially anger, when you're you're obviously at angry at them. Yes. 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 Right. Yeah. At them. And we should we should we should say there has to be room for incidental contact, right? These guys are all for jumbled sure. up in tight Which spaces. Which is what I think about it with Tatum. Right. So, so you're, you're going to get up and it doesn't mean I'm trying to like knock this guy down. Th- yeah. Those things happen in the middle of competition. But yeah, where in Murray's case, where he was already mad and it seemed like he was going after the official, that's going to be, you know, uh, you're not you're not going to you're going to play for that. But as you say, we don't think it matters. Boston's clearly better. This series is likely. Yeah, Atlanta's done a good job. Uh, we all thought Trey was, was going to be traded. He's mm-hmm. kind of reminded us he's pretty damn good at basketball. He's very good at basketball. Great passer, too. <laughs> um Maybe he and John Collins both get traded. I'm not sure really where Atlanta's going. You know, Dude, where, and what are they going to do with the Kongu? I like a Kongu a lot. Like, but he doesn't play because Capella's there. Like, they I might just, trade. They might. They might just start over again. New owner, in a sense, mm-hmm, bring yeah, in yeah, um, yeah. You know, yeah, new yeah, management. Yeah. Right, yeah, over the last yeah, couple yeah. years, new mm-hmm, coach. Mm-hmm. More recently, yeah. maybe we just. It'd be a mistake, in my opinion. But um, Re- reshape the team in Quinn's image. What Quinn likes to have out on the floor. Yeah, the, DeAndre Hunter's playing well. Yeah, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to what we think is going to be the next series, which is um, Boston and Brooklyn. Boston. I'm sorry, Boston, Philly. Boston, Philly, excuse me. Philly swept Brooklyn um, those last two games. Uh, and as you and I talked about, Jacques Vaughn did not do anything new. The The team did not, they just didn't change anything. They kept running their, their same stuff out there. And we thought, and you said brilliantly, when you were the underdog against the team that's clearly the favorite, you have to do different things because there's a reason why you're the six. 
and they're the three and that much better than you. You got to do crazy things if you're going to pull off the upset. Well, they didn't try any of those. None of the crazy stuff. And there are moments where the Nets played really well and had leads, but I was like, yeah, but once Philly just decides to lock in and do their thing, they're going to beat this strategy. And it was it was pretty easy. And B did not play game four. He's got the knee sprain. And that is something we should talk about because, and God, Philly's hoping, please, Atlanta, win one more game just to stretch Boston out extra so Joel has some time. Um, his status, I think, is still up in the air for when it's going to be game one. Uh, Doc always says, you know, whenever your MRI is like, oh, that's never good, right? Because we've got to look to see so what's going on with when, his knee. When is game four, uh, five, four? Game, game five. Boston. Uh, likely on Tuesday. May, it may be Wednesday. Right if the, oh, if, if they have the two, well, they two might, days, they might have an extra day. That is, listen, that's going to be so helpful for uh, for Philly. Yeah, they, they love it. Yeah, look and see. Uh, nope, it's Tuesday. So Tuesday. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So they, what do they start Friday? This our Friday, probably. So yep. he'd have mm-hmm. a, he'd have almost a week. A he'd have a week, week. for yeah. yeah. when he last played. Mm-hmm. Um, Philly is, uh, you know, I I've been on him all year mm-hmm. as a, obviously. Um, I do think they're capable of beating Boston. Uh, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to connect a little better. Boston's gonna challenge them in some areas just because they're such a good team. And we'll see how Philly's resolve is. You know, are they are they gonna have a game where they have 15 offensive rebounds? Are they gonna have a game where they you know make 23s or 18 threes? Mm-hmm. Um, that there's how are they, owning the defensive glass, which is not so hard against Boston. Um, is Harden? What does he have? Mm-hmm. I you know I, I think that series goes six for seven. I, I don't Tobias Harris too. I think they'd be very big in that series. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know. If Boston gets by Game Five, which we expect them to, uh, uh, it, I think that's going to be a hell of it. I'm not sure. Yeah, Boston, I favor. They're, they have the home court advantage, mm-hmm. but Philly absolutely can win that series. And that's going to be talk about the two of the more, shall we say, ornery fan bases in <laughs> Philly and Boston. That is going to be that's woo! Point. <laughs> not a whole lot of brotherly love <laughs> happening between Philly and Boston in that series. Uh, no, it, it should be exciting. Uh, this will be a, this will be, M- if I'm not mistaken, it is. If they win, it'll be MB's first conference finals trip, right? Yeah, he's not been to conference finals before. No, the farthest they got was the Kawhi three in the corner. Yes, the, the, the ooh, to get a chance was, to play that Milwaukee. Was rough. Yeah, that was a rough one. The double bouncer. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> when you look, crazy. when you look back on it, really crazy. And and, and not to not to. You know, put salt in the wound, but that that was the last full postseason we saw of Kawhi mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. being being Kawhi because he we we looked like it looked like that this April, yeah. And now he's um, now he's been. Well, out. this is we will and we'll get to the Clippers in a minute, but it's clearly that this is a this is a um, conge- congenitive and debilitating injury. Like this is a something that like it's not that oh wrestling. No, this is he's dealing with this the duration of his basketball career. Whenever, when he stops, it'll be one thing. But throughout the time he plays basketball, this will be a thing that is going to be problematic for him. It is a continuous uh, injury, and it's problematic because he's so electric when he plays. But even still, all that being said, and I think I said this maybe a couple months ago on the show, I mean, he's a, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, you yeah, I he's so. one of a few guys that are like five All-NBAs, five All-Defense, two-time champion. I mean, like... It, the list of that is like six people. To me, to me, well, he's got the accomplishments, but um, if you've ever been 
in in the short list consideration for best player in the world. Oh, yeah. I yes. think you I think you should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree. It's so I, agree. I, I remember Gerard uh, for three years I worked. I brought all my pros to IMG to train when they, they had fired their coach, and I just brought my pros. It was just a, a gym rental in a sense, um, and I, it's an hour and twenty minute drive. Mm-hmm. So very often I would uh, work the guys out in the morning, go get some lunch somewhere, and then I'd have like an hour and a half to kill. Very often I would call Henry Abbott on the phone, <laughs> as, and and I didn't. I, I had an office there, but I didn't like being indoors. It was hot in summer, Florida weather, and. Uh, I would just wander the campus and I would watch like the best tennis players in the world just <laughs> training. And I, I mean, there was a guy, I forget his name, a lefty from Chile. Oh. You'll, you'll, you'll know who it is. I just went blank on his name. Marcellos. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. He yeah, was yeah, number yeah, one yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. playing on a, a beautiful little, just one of the practice courts in the middle of mm-hmm, campus, mm-hmm, surrounded mm-hmm. by some bushes, but I could walk up there and I just watch him train. I would sometimes bring my sandwich out there and watch. And uh, what, it, I just thought this guy like, I don't know where he's from, a rich or poor part of Chile, but Mar- Mar- Marcelo Rios. Marcelo yep, Rios, yep. yeah, he would just yeah. he would, excellent tennis player. Yeah, it was amazing, and I just thought, what a what a thrill that must be to to know all the work you, you used to just eat your cereal in the morning and go to school like every other five year old, and and now you're the best in the world at twenty whatever. <laughs> Kawhi was that he was yes. probably the best player in the world for a period of time. Yeah, he's a he's all a famer, no doubt. Uh, yeah, so Philly Boston, it'll be interesting, guys. We'll we'll see where that where that stacks up. Um, all right. You know, last night, the Timberwolves, you know, kudos to them. They played well. I thought even though they lost uh, game th- game three at home, they played well in that game. They could have easily been like, let's just fold it up, guys. It's a wrap. They fought. Like Brooklyn did. Game four. Like Brooklyn. <laughs> like Brooklyn did. Uh, good. I mean, listen, he's being real. Like Brooklyn did. They could have, they could have fought. Uh, and they did. And they won in overtime. So they'll force a game five back in, uh, back in Denver. If you're the Phoenix Suns, you're like, thank you. Get, make them play one extra game. We love it. Right. So then we're on the same schedule now. Like we're, we're going to play five games. You guys play five games. That's a likely matchup. Uh, but we both still, first of all, Anthony Edwards want to give him props. This kid's, uh, this is the bet they made, right? When they made the Gobert trade, they said, okay, we think the ascension of Anthony Edwards is a thing. And it's coming. You and I know, and you know especially because this is what you do. Development's not linear, right? Like, get a little rocky start to, the, to, the, to this year, and the leap didn't – we didn't quite see it early. He's playing very, very well this postseason, um, and Minnesota's got a star. They got some other issues they need to work on around that team, as, as we know. I don't know if they're going to solve them, but we know that we know that Ant is a guy they're going to keep. I mean, you you said it early in the year, and I think it's true. They're probably going to trade Cat is my guess. Um and build around Ant and Gobert, I guess that's the that's the thing. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see. Not having McDaniel's and Nas Reed, I think, is is a big deal in this series. I want to be be fair to them about that. But I still think Denver has been the class of the Western Conference all season, and they're showing it. So this series should be over uh, by Game Five. Yeah, um, I I don't know what I don't know what they should do. Uh, the Gobert trade, uh, I gave the, them credit for trying something. Mm-hmm. I, that's not what I think would have been the best move, but um, it was definitely a bet that, well, we're going to have a big time score as a, a superstar at guard. Mm-hmm. He's that he's, he's not afraid oh, he's, in the postseason. No super talented mm-hmm. player. Um, everyone sees it now. I think he kind of walk in that walk a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the future for him is very good. The future for them is very good. Um, they've got some work to do done roster construction. And I agree with you on McDaniel and Reed both. If, no. if those guys are both healthy, 
I think the series goes six, seven games. Ooh, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, so it'll it's you know, it's it's unfortunate, but it it listen, injury is a part of it. This happens every year. Um it, you know, you, you mentioned that it was a it was a bold gamble to the, the go bear trade, but they tried something. But there shouldn't be the same hubris in wanting to defend your gamble. If you see it's not working, be just as quick to pivot off of it. Right. And, but I don't know that they're going to be that quick to pivot off, but they have to like show, no, we were right with this all along. And it's like, no, it's okay. We were wrong. Fuck it. We're going somewhere else. But highly unlikely they do that, in my opinion. This is where the owners matter. They got new owners. A Rod mm-hmm. was at the game, mm-hmm. sitting on the he court was. side, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you've got to be able to convince the owner. We, we tried something, we failed. It's not working. Let's, here's the pivots. Give him three options, give him five yes. options, mm-hmm. and let him say, okay, you know, go do your thing or, I like option one and three better, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that'd be smart. I, I, I wouldn't waste any of Edwards' years. No. Every year matters. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like Dallas and Luca. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, David, should we be worried that the Heat are up 2-1 on the Bucks in this series? I mean, if you're a Milwaukee fan, I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And two well, let, 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 let me let, let me Let me give people the, the, the little pretext on that. We had our call this morning, and everybody was like, oh, how are you? I hate basketball, and I hate everything. This is, this is what I said. And David said to me, Rod, you only hate it because the Grizzlies had a bad game. Like, just don't care about any team. Hate everybody, and you'll be fine. You'll enjoy it all. <laughs> I did say that. Yeah. I don't really hate every team, but I just don't care. Um, but, yeah, Mo, I don't know who's playing tonight for either team. Yes. Which Jimmy and, and Bam might be out. Butler yeah. and Bam are out. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you don't want to go down 3-1. They're down two one now, and who knows when Giannis is back? Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. Boy, he, 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 he apparently he apparently got some work in uh, ahead of uh, Game Four. I, teams leak all that shit all the time. I don't know what that. They don't define what work is. I don't know what any of that means. Okay, we will see when the games. Oh, is he out there? That's how we'll know is he playing right. or not. Um, and if the Heat got to play with Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, and Duncan Robinson, and that's it. Yeah, advantage Bucks even without Giannis. Drew and Chris and Brooke should be able to beat that team. But there's something we always say about Eric Spolstra and hashtag right. heat culture. They ain't going to just roll over and give you the game. That's why you don't want to play in Miami. You never want to play. <laughs> and and Jimmy that. Butler also is just so yes. incredible. Yeah. Yes. Spo- yeah. Spo- you're playing against a great coach and a great player, like better than most players. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's scary. Uh, David, pardon, p- part of the reason for my – Foe, I hate basketball this morning. <laughs> it's that the Lakers are up 2 1 on the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies scored nine points Boy, in the first quarter. Ugly. Nine in a 12 minute quarter. They scored nine points. What the? Like, I mean, that, that was the game. 35 9 after one. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you don't got to be a rocket scientist to figure out, yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> now, nah, Grant, I will say, over the course of the last three quarters, Memphis clearly played better. Yeah. Like, right. And we're the better team, but didn't matter. Can't dig out of a 35 9 hole. Pretty tough. Uh, and we'll get to the Dylan Brooks of it all in a minute. But uh, I just, it seemed like the Lakers came out with, again, like we talked about with the Knicks and Cavs, with a level of energy and focus and LeBron and AD, especially attacking the glass with a level of effort and veracity that, well, like, Memphis, where are you guys? Still in Memphis? Like, what? Come on, this team is actually playing, and you're just like, ah, whatever. We're just here doing our thing, la di da, like do to do, but not in a good way. Just you know, oh, we're just out here, and it's like, 
Nine points in a quarter. Nine. That set the game of offensive basketball back a generation. Horrible, horrible. Yeah, they've. I mean, the Lakers are a good team. We've said this all along. They've got they've got a lot of talent on their team. Um, and uh, LeBron figures stuff out. AD is a beast inside. Um, uh, they're they they. I think feel like they can do some things. The Lakers sure have a belief. Mm-hmm. And so it's a formidable, formidable challenge to, to Memphis, I, I believe, it is. that they're in some trouble. And they, especially in this series, which we said, no Adams and no Clark is a big deal. But knowing that you, have, you don't have that margin for error because you don't have Adams and Clark, your attention to detail and your focus needs to be, and this is a young team, and we've talked about this hubris of the, on their part, it's just... Guys, this is this is not the way you come out. The way you came out in game two without your superstar point guard, that's how you had to come out in game right. three. And you just didn't. Yeah, you know, I I've, some of the Memphis media and some of the Memphis players, they're they're so quick to throw a parade when they when it, something good happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um I will tell you, I, I I've always been attracted to the best teams who are so humble about it. Because I, I think it's a better mindset. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember I probably told this story once before. Uh, my last year of high school coaching in 92, when I was actually employed by the school after that, I just volunteered at different places. Um, we were playing for the Final Four. And had we won, we, we were on the road. We would have had to play Miami High, where Udonis had he played there a few years mm-hmm. later. But they won more state championships than anyone, you know, by a, long, a large way. They were just incredible. Great coach. And one of the assistant coaches now is that he took South Carolina to the mm-hmm. Final Four, Frank Martin. And I talked to Frank after uh, we lost our game on the road. And I talked to Frank like the next day or whatever. And he told me, he was in Miami. He's like, David, we were, we were all at the, uh, at the restaurant after celebrating our win to, win, you know, to get to the Final Four, which they went every year pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know, they were nationally ranked, whatever. He said, we kept calling the Miami Herald to find out your score because we just mm-hmm. didn't want to play you guys. And I remember hanging up the phone. You know, I'm in my at that point. I was uh, 27. I I just remember thinking, oh, that's how it's supposed to be. Like they might have killed us. I, I I mean, I liked our team very much, but they shouldn't have been worried about anyone. But they were, which is the point. Mm-hmm. Like you don't overlook an opponent. And every time I watch Memphis celebrate, whether it's in the game after the game, I just I've told you this before. Mm-hmm. When Josh scores and looks at the crowd mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like, can you just win the game? And then act like we have to try to win the next game. And I, again, it's not just the team. It's some people that I know love the Grizzlies. They act like they've won the championship when you've just won one game. Correct. That's got to grow up. Yeah. That's part yeah. of this process is mm-hmm. respecting who you're playing against. The fact that it's LeBron, it's just makes it should be easier. Correct. <laughs> uh, he's just playing basketball. Yeah. Yeah. He's not getting caught up in nope. any of the Dylan Brooks sideshow. He might when it's over. Mm-hmm. But he'll wait till it's over. And, and, you know, we'll get to Dylan Brooks a bit right now. Look, Dylan cannot, with 16 seconds on the shot clock, just be firing up. Like, this is, Taylor's got to be like, bro, that's not, no, you cannot do that. Like, we have to run and get a better shot option. Late in the clock and you have to get one up so we can get a turnover, fine. Right. I get that. But 16, 17 seconds to go, what? No, that is playing into the Lakers' hands. That's what they want you to do because you're not a good shooter. And you know you're not a good shooter, right? Like, well, that is a fact. Well, I'm not sure about the second part. <laughs> he may not. He may not. 
<laughs> You're right. He probably thinks he's very good. Wait. But our eyeballs and the numbers sell tell us you are not good. <laughs> you're, you're citing alternative facts <laughs> that he's not shooting great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's too bad. Um, I, I liked, I saw it, just a picture, he and LeBron talking pregame. Now, of course, the Laker fans are all like, he told Dylan, you better cut that shit out. I'm going to kick your ass. Like, I don't know. We didn't hear yeah. anything. I, don't, I didn't read any lips. I don't know. My what said. guess is nothing like that happened. I, that's my guess, too. My guess is LeBron. I mean, LeBron, LeBron really understands his role. He, no he, he's the best player these guys will have ever played against. Uh, they may like Kobe better. That's he. Kobe's not in the same universe. Right. Not in the same planet, rather. Co- correct. He's amazing, but he wasn't LeBron. Um, I think I think LeBron also learned a lesson. Remember, LeBron is a history buff. Very impressively so. I really love that about him. Jordan, remember, you used to always say that about Jordan. Is he he made you think that are your boys, and then he tries to beat your fucking brains in. <laughs> I really like that about Jordan. So maybe LeBron went over to Bazzoni and was like, ah, you see you talking a lot there, man. It's good for your team. Gets them all riled up, ready to go. Let's strap it up. Looking forward to compete tonight. Yeah, and... or he might have just said, hey, um, keep doing you, man. Just, yeah, I got no problem with it. Like, you, you take the wind out from under him. When I, yeah. when I used to play golf, uh, I used to be so critical of myself, you, know, you couldn't make fun of me. Right, that, was right, right, right. that was part of the deal. <laughs> I didn't want you to be able to do that. I, I took care of that myself. Um, I think, yeah, LeBron is wise to the, the different ways you can get yourself going and not inspire your opponent. And the thing about it is, you know, I, I want to the side show of Dylan Brooks and WWE aspect, which you talk about that you don't like aside. Yeah. He's a very good defender. For sure. Very oh, I mean, important to what that team does. And so, Dylan, you are hurting your team when you do this stuff, right? Like, it just is. And then, yes, and then when you're shooting ill-advised shots, you are also hurting your team, right? You just have to play and be better. And the crazy thing is, David, he's the old, mature one on that team, Stephen Adams aside. He's 27. The rest of them are 22 and super young. He's the one that should, in theory, know better, right? And so I think whatever happens... Memphis has seen some things. I mean, it's stuff that I've seen all year. You've seen all year. There's going to be some changes I this think summer so. in terms of, all right, we, we know we got Jaron and Ja and Bain, who we, that's, we're, we're building around those guys. Everybody else, up for grabs. Like, we got we to gotta sh- sh- shore ourselves up in some other areas here. And I think a nice, like, I don't want to do the whole of, of veteran leader in the locker room, an adult in the room. Well, Adams is an adult. He just isn't playing. He's not playing. Someone who's like, guys, what do you do? We haven't done shit. Like, focus on the task at hand and win the game. I will say this. We are now at the point of the series where it's every other game. And I think every other day, every other day, excuse me. If the Lakers don't win tonight and it's 2-2, this favors Memphis going forward, as you said, the later the series goes. Because LeBron's not going to have those 48 hours to get that full recovery now. And they're going to need him and AD especially to be at the peak of their game. And then it's also going to stress test. You know, guys who have not had playoff experience before, right? Your Austin Reeves, your Rui Hachimoras. Yeah, they're playing well right now, looking good. Let's see, 3-2, got to get a game, and I need you to hit. Do you, is it going to feel the same way? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. We'll see what happens over time. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, Suns and Clippers. Look, kudos to the Clippers, by the way, for no Paul George, no Kawhi Leonard, and they're battling Westbrook is playing inspired basketball, competing on both ends. You know, the Suns are just better. <laughs> and they're, so they're winning. Uh, I will say this, though, David. I think that 
the Suns having to play a Ty Luke coach team was very good for them. Just because Ty's not going to just give you the same looks. No, no, we're doing all kinds of, I don't care. Unlike the Nets and Jacques Vaughn, we're like, try different shit. Ty's like, kitchen sink. I don't care. Let's try this next game. Who knows what we might see in, in, in game in game five on, uh, on Tuesday night. Ty might go, we're going ultra small and we're just going to run and throw up 73s a game. I don't know. Might work. Might not. But he's, he's going to try something. But I think that variety is, you mentioned it. You've got the irons, right, in your Durant, Booker, Paul, Aiton. But you have to forge them in some fire, right? That's how they become a strong unit. I think, even though they're going to win this series likely in five, having to feel the stress of the Clippers not quitting different looks is going to equip them well going forward in the postseason. Oh, not everyone believes that. I do. I'm a big believer that I, I believe it. each I believe series it. can necessarily prep you better for game one of the next series. And, um, and so, yeah, I think that Phoenix should be sharper than Denver, as an example. I, I don't think Minnesota, Anthony Edwards aside, has put up quite the same fight, even though it's both 3-1. Um, Phoenix just has that. They can just solve any problem with their shooting. They can solve any problem with what you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've got to get a lot better themselves at connecting better. They've talked about this in some mm-hmm. of the post-game stuff. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant's talked about it. I think it comes down to Chris Paul just mm-hmm. being comfortable scoring. Who was with, excellent in the fourth quarter. Really good. Game. And so oh. bad in game one. Mm-hmm. Um, missing three easy, for him, easy shots that weren't so easy. How he does is super important. Yeah. The Absolutely. other ones, I feel like you can book them. Yeah, you know, you, <laughs> you can book them. Yeah. Pun intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Biombo off the bench is is yeah. a plus. Uh, Aiden is, is does what he does. He, I, we mm-hmm. all wish he did more with and more, more force, forceful, and doing more force. right? Yeah, but he is what he is. Um, Chris Paul, I think, is super key. And when they know, and this is not, this is just a reality. Michael Malone is not going to be doing the same things that Ty Lue is doing in terms of I'm going to try. He's going to just do what he does. I think so. And. That's a disservice, I think, to yeah, his team. I picked Phoenix as of now because yeah, of that, yeah. For sure. And we both think the winner of that series will likely be the Western Conference. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm nothing against LA. Um, I think they they could run the gas. Those guys are playing a lot. You're going to do it for four rounds. Yeah. It's a lot. Like, yeah. you know? Um, all right. We talked about this team getting swept. Sad. Uh, offseason, Brooklyn Nets. They got some choices to make. When they started the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving era... Draft picks were all gone because of the Harden trade. They had nothing. and Cover was bare. Deep in the luxury tax, we're like, oh, this team is terrible. Come out of it on the other side. They've got some They got some stuff. Bridges, Cam Johnson. They got a bunch of picks now. Uh, they got back in the in the trade for Clack, Durant. Claxton, and, and five, Claxton of course. So to me, David, Bridges, Claxton, and Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson's a free agent, um, so a restricted one, so they can do, do their thing there. And Nick signed a two-year deal, so he's got one more year left on his deal, I believe. Uh, Bridges already signed. Uh, I think keeping Cam is, I think, priority number one. Doesn't mean you can't move him later for something else, but I think signing him right now is priority. Everybody else on that roster? Listen, man, because they got picks, and I will put this out as a little piece of uh, nugget for people out there. Game three, there was a Portland Trailblazer sitting courtside. One Damian Lillard, who has talked glowingly in the past about, guess who? Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, and wanting to play with a rim-running lob threat. Hmm, who could be a rim-running lob threat? Oh, Nick Claxton. I'm not saying it's well, going to we, happen. Well, let's just let's just do it. Dame at one, 
Bridges at two, Johnson at three or four, Claxton at five. Ooh, boy. You're cooking. You are cooking the, the with The Dame Lillard we saw this year. Yes, correct. Yeah. I mean, he, you, you could you, argue you've got, Dame this year was the best offensive player in the league. You could. Incredibly you've make got, that argument. And you've got, he's not a good defender. Well, those three good defenders right there. Yes, which is what you have to do around yeah. Dame. Surround him with defense. Yeah, so you got to get yourself, you know, rebounder probably, mm-hmm. I would guess. Yes, at that four position, yeah. need a rebounder. Yeah, but yeah, it's interesting. Uh, listen, Brooklyn, you, you, some good things could be happening here in the future. Be excited. And I'd like to, look, Jacques earned his extension and he's going to be coaching that team. I think, like, as you said, let's be a little more daring and bold, Jacques. Like, let's do some, let's do some fun yeah, stuff. They were a six seed only because they had Durant and Kyrie. <laughs> Kyrie, correct. Yeah, that team wasn't a, that team I mean, is a, is a deep lottery. As a, pick. as a matter of fact, their record after the trade with those guys was under 500. Yeah. So that's, that's what you were. Yeah. So you they, had, a, they had a chance. They just didn't take advantage of it. So hopefully maybe this offseason, you know, we always say players get better in the offseason. Coaches can too. Yeah. Jack, see some things. Go travel. Do some tactics, your favorite thing. Watch with some of the Euro teams. You know what? We can do some fun, different things here. Just try it out. Yep. If it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But try at least. I agree. That, that's my thing. All right. Uh, Phil Jackson had some uh, unfortunate comments. You know, I, and this is about the during the um, bubble season when they had Black Lives Matter on the courts. Uh, and Phil said something to the tune of, well, they were trying to attract a certain kind of audience and they realized that, you know, people want to come to sports to get away from politics. And if you've listened to this show long enough, you know where I stand on this. And I've made the point a billion times and it's done throughout history. Sports and politics have never been a separate thing. Never, ever, 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 ever. It just hasn't. It's a myth. Whenever anybody tells you, no, 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 no. It's when they don't like those politics. That's the issue. It's that I don't like those particular politics. And by the way, Caring about the lives of citizens is not political. That's being, as Coach Dorwolfen likes to say, it's not hard to be decent. Right. That's being a decent human being is caring about the lives of other people. That's not politics, okay? That's being a decent person. Phil Jackson has long ago proved that he is not a decent person, right? The comments about LeBron and his posse and like, it's just, no. He, he's turned into old white man. This was, he's, been, th- he's been an old white yeah, man. Yeah, but this was a guy that I thought was, was, um, more recognize he was better recognizing the the real diversity of our mm. of our experience. Don't be fooled by the saging and the yoga and all that I, nonsense. I didn't mean that. I like <laughs> I like the books that he always tried to get them to read. I like the egalitarian offensive style that they had. Um, I'm very disappointed. Extraordinarily disappointed. Like he's basically dead to me now. <laughs> well, I'm gonna get rid of the books. Everybody knows. If anybody knows, when you were when you were become dead to David Thorpe, yeah. that's you ain't coming back yeah. from the dead. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta burn his books now. I won't burn it's, them, but I'll give them away. <laughs> he'll give them away. Yeah. No, it, it's unfortunate. And again, for someone who is so revered by the outside public because of what he's accomplished in basketball, to have those kinds of statements on that platform, that does nothing. Who does that help? That doesn't that it doesn't promote the goodness in our game, it doesn't promote human decency, it does nothing positive. Bill Jackson, go away. Nobody wants to hear from you. Yes. I second, All right. I second that. Thursday, by the time Thursday's here, we'll have a lot of the first round wrapped up. We're pretty sure. And those three, those three one series for sure will likely be over. Um, and we might have some series going six seven. Uh, so it'll be exciting. All right, guys. Take care.